Hello and welcome everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the AFL Fantasy Fanatics podcast. We're live obviously on the Twitter spaces. Obviously this will be uh, available as a podcast uh, in the near future. But obviously uh, your co-hosts, obviously I'm uh, Bailey and uh, Tim. Tim mate, how you going? I'm good mate, happy new year. Yeah, happy new year mate. How, how was your new year's and Christmas? Uh, did you uh, catch up with family and friends and stuff? Uh, yeah mate, it was good. As always, I did a lot less than I planned. Um yeah. Um, but man, you know, look, Christmas was good, pretty chilled. Um, and then New Year's, yeah, had a, you know, kind of had a bit of a house party with a bunch of friends. We hired a guitarist and a singer who busted out some tunes. We all got to, you know, sing at the top of our lungs and drink cocktails and have fun. So yeah, it was it was a good night, mate. What about you? Where, you know, where are you? What have you? What, you know, what have you been doing? You've been travelling all over the place, right? Yeah. So I've only got uh, what is it? Two just over two weeks left. Um, so uh, yeah, it was pretty quiet Christmas over here. We pretty much just had what two minute noodles just in the in the oven because we couldn't cook anything because we we're just in a room with no um, nowhere to cook and uh, no Ubers or anything like that. Doing Uber Eats or anything, everything was closed. So um, yeah. it was very very low key. It was probably the lowest key you can get. So yeah, um, so yeah, not too much. Um, I'll obviously catch up with all the family and friends and stuff when I get back to get back home in a couple of weeks, it should be nice. But um and then hope and then hopefully mate we'll have a AFL fantasy open to um pick our teams and stuff. So obviously there's been a bit of content obviously coming out last few weeks as well. Have you been listening to bits of content uh around the community so far that's been coming out? As always, mate, I listen to everything. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So, I mean, look, you know, maybe some people, you know, I might actually kind of rattle off a few as well just for people out there just so they know what I listen to. Um, you know, chances are you probably listen to it all as well, but, you know, maybe there's some stuff you don't or, you know, people listening don't. Uh, do you listen to the coaches panel? Um, yes, I do. I'll actually be making a, a guest appearance uh, in oh, the next Jesus. couple of days on that. Oh, so, go. So looking forward to that. How convenient I brought it up, huh? <laughs> so what, are you doing one of the 50 most relevant, are you? Uh, yes, I am. It'll be. A, a, Can you say who you're doing? Um, I will keep that under wraps. Um, Can I'm, you I don't say know, what number you're doing? Can you say what number it is? I don't actually know what number. I actually don't know what number it is, to be honest. It Give might us become, something, it could, Bales. Give us something. <laughs> no, I can't, I can't give you anything. I don't know if I should be doing anything, <laughs> but I'll keep it up. All right, well, that's but, awesome. Good on you, man. But, uh, thanks, man. Yeah, be, uh, looking yeah. forward to jumping on with, um, I think MJ will be on there, so looking forward to having yeah. a chat with him about a certain player, so I'm um, looking yeah. forward to that. Yeah, wicked. So obviously the most relevant, obviously it's super coach, DT, AFL Fantasy as well, so that's something to keep in mind for people. Um, DT Talk put their DECA uh, DT articles out. I don't, I don't actually read much of the articles anymore because I'm just so used to listening to everything nowadays. What about you? Have you been reading them? Um, yeah, yeah, I've, I've been reading them. Uh, I'll be doing obviously a couple of those as well um, yeah. for, for warning the boys, so I'll be writing a couple of yeah. them, so I'll be putting them up. Uh, but yeah, I, mm. I normally read those as well and and see uh, what certain uh, what people are writing about yeah. in terms of some players and whatever. So um, certainly I mean, does I'll help with go preseason before the season. But I just I'm just not up to date with them at the moment. That's all. Well, the thing the thing that was good about me travelling over here is obviously there's a lot of driving involved because we we yeah. decided here we'll do driving and that and what does that mean? That means more time to be listening to podcasts and everything and getting all caught yeah. up because obviously finishing at the end of uni that's when everything started coming out. So I've now caught up. I've pretty much listened to everything. <laughs> there yeah. is to to listen yeah, to. Okay. So. Draft doctors, uh, I mean, yeah, pretty much. Drafts. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if everyone listens to them, but um, I still listen I to. Think... I listen to everything because you can still take bits, yeah. bits even from draft into um, into classic like and uh, form as well. So, um, well, at the moment they're doing their position rankings as well, which is really obviously really helpful, even if you don't listen listen to it during the season. Uh, they've done their defender rankings, um, but obviously, just keep in mind they hate new listeners. So, uh, and whatever you do, don't ask them questions about classic. Yeah, yes, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, they get my joke. Nah, the boys are awesome. I love the boys, but a uh, bit of an inside joke there. But, um, but yeah, nah, get along and listen to them as well. Traders, obviously, they've been putting out their team releases. Essendon came out was it yesterday. I think uh, I listened yep. to that yesterday. Yeah, I'm looking, ve- I'm looking very much forward to the one that comes out tomorrow. Obviously, my crows. Obviously, a couple of players of interest. That I'm sure that yeah. could come up for discussion. If not today, they'll come up in 
pre-season, I'm sure. So, um, yeah. yeah. And then, obviously, we got another, what's that? That'll be number four, so another 14 after the Crows. Yeah. And, and we got, obviously, there'll be heap other stuff coming out. So, it'll be um, a fair, fair while, I, yep. I was going to say, a fair amount of content before pre-season even starts. Yeah, yeah. Now, I don't know if it had, uh, had come out last time we spoke, but um, Pod Pod is free to air this year. Yes, yes, I saw that, which is obviously which yeah. is obviously great for for us guys that we we can't if we can't quite afford to be paying for um, for um, stuff like just like the podcast stuff. We can now it's even more content for people just listen to free to wear. So another podcast that I'll fit into my week. I'm sure, and I'm sure you'll do the same. Oh, yeah. oh mate, I love the boys. Dos cracks me up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, the songs. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, I think he also gives me hope with, uh, you know, I mean, he's a classically bad fantasy coach, but <laughs> he's, so <laughs> he's great. He's awesome. I love him. <laughs> yeah. So the boys, yeah, I mean, there's so much stuff out at the moment. I mean, there was Hat Chat. They had the stuff out, obviously, before Christmas, but they're on break now. Um, what else? What am I missing? Plus six. Plus six. Jeff and, well, and yeah, Jeff they, and Pete. Yeah, they put obviously their draft stuff out, draft D stuff out. I, have they, they haven't put anything else out yet, have they? Uh, not quite yet, no, I don't think so. No, no. Nah. I'm sure I'm they'll sure come out soon, soon, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so plenty so, yeah, of content. Plenty but of obviously out, yeah. another another one of the bits of content that obviously was released is um, Cycle6 on Twitter. Make sure you go and give them a follow. And also, if you haven't yet, obviously we've gone and done this, but – there is a team picker where it's on a, pretty much just on a Google Doc uh, spreadsheet and you can go and you can select your your players and stuff and it puts up uh, in stuff with all the salary cap, all prices. So it literally it's essentially like picking your team, except it's just not on the website. So um, yeah, if you so had a bit of a play around with that. Let me, yeah, yeah, let me, just so people can find it. That's at Cycle6, so C-Y-C-L-E-S-I-X underscore AFL. He's got a little. Yep. Um, if you go on, he's got some instructions how to do it as well because you've got to make a copy of the spreadsheet and blah 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 blah. Yes, piece yep. piece even I can do it. Um, so yeah, man, I, yeah, I've played around with it. I'm a little bit worried at this stage, but um, what but yeah, worried about worried uh, about your what worried about your team in terms of what you picked yeah. or? Oh, as is always the case, oh, I think I've spent too much money so far. Um, yeah. You know, I've got like still got twelve players to pick, but with an average of like two hundred and thirteen thousand per player. But that, that I don't think that's enough. Yeah, well, oh, I've nice. I've actually picked I've picked my whole squad. And I actually I actually feel pretty good about it at this stage. It obviously it's, it's going to change Ooh. before round. It, obviously, it's going to finish before round one. Uh, sorry, change before round one. But um, yeah. from the squad that I've just picked straight up, I I, I do like some of the players that I've got in there. Um, and yeah, so I'm sure that we'll go through. Uh-huh. And talk Let's about that. Now. So we'll go. Start we'll go through. Yeah, we'll start in defenders. So um, who, who, oh, you no, want to go through on, my go defenders through first? Team. Yeah, let's, you, you said you got your whole team. So let's go through it. Let's see what okay. I can steal from you. Yeah. Claim so <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll go through defenders. So I'll go from so at D one at the moment. So a lot yeah. of people. I've seen a lot of people. So this is obviously the position where a lot of coaches I've seen that have made that have put the spreadsheets out on Twitter or on social media have gone for like a Hayden Young or or a Nick Dacos or someone at D1 they haven't gone. They haven't gone. A lot of people haven't gone those big, like your Doherty's or Sinclair's, but I've actually got Jordan Dawson as my D1 currently, or who I've picked um, at the moment at 893K. We've obviously spoke about him in the last one where we thought that he had a bit of a slower start at the Crows, um, then started coming real good, especially sort of back half of the year. Um, had a couple of tags like in the last few rounds, but um, and then he got chucked forward, but then they started just playing him more in defence where he should be playing. So I do like him. Obviously, you spoke about you spoke about Dawson. Yeah. So your thoughts on him out of those uh, sort yeah, of top look, price ones? So in actual fact, you know what? I, I think maybe we need to back up a little bit, right? Maybe I got a little excited and jumped into your defence line. Let me ask you a couple of the questions, Buzz, before you get started, right? Because yep. I, I kind of, I mean, you know, we have talked before about um, how we both kind of subscribe to the Marrera's magic, you know, Selby's approach, you know, finding value, right? Which obviously makes a lot of sense. It, you know, I mean, we got to translate a certain amount of dollars to points on the field. Um, and how you do that is by trying to find value, right? So you're trying to find value. Um, but 
you know, there's some other kind of typical rules that I've kind of followed. I mean, I know Stato has gone through uh, his kind of rules a couple, oh, maybe it was last year or the year before, you know, in terms of like how many keepers he's looking to start with. Do you, do you kind of have any kind of guidelines or rules that you stick to in, in that area? Um, not, not, not really. I sort of, I yeah. look at, in, I've got a few players here that, uh, and I especially got one who we will speak about um, in depth. So I'm interested to get your thoughts on him later on. But uh, there's a few players here which I think are either fairly priced or potentially, I would actually I wouldn't say overpriced. I think they're just fairly priced. But I've selected them based on I think that they're going to be sure things inside the top six or eight sure. in their positions. So that's sure. why I've sort yeah. of gone them. Um, and I've got a couple of those players. But I have found there's obviously value in a few of them there. Um, and there's yeah. also, I've also gone a little bit different in my midfield in terms of I've done sort of, I've got so, a bit of flexibility in there. So so you don't kind of have a plan right from the get-go in your starting squad about how many keepers you want to start with? Um, not, yeah, not really. I, I, I would like yeah, to okay. have, like, right. I would like to have like a couple at least in each position that I would think would yeah. be keepers. Like, for example, like if I was going defenders, I would at least like one, if not potentially two, um, and hopefully yeah. one of those two, one of the like maybe another one that's like a mid pricer that will improve the average to be close to the top six. So for example, like a player I've got like there is like an Elliot Yo, for example, right? He's underpriced uh-huh. like a lot, and we know for a fact if he's fit and firing, he'll push that 90, 95 mark. Even and he's pushed obviously higher in the past, so obviously he'd be close. So I, like best case scenario, pick like a Dawson, maybe another pre and defender, and then you go Yo, and then maybe that's three that you've got near the top. Um, there and like midfielders, I normally try and get four big guys. Rucks, I, I always go. I'm like Holmesy. I'm I'm set and forget. I always try and go set and forget. Um, and then forwards, I usually yeah try and have another th- probably forwards is the one where I normally just go three premiums. I think will be in the top six, and then I go normally a little bit cheaper. But I think this year there'll be a bit more value in the forward line. Yeah. Okay. See, I I um I kind of subscribe to. I think Stato's kind of starting strategy, right? So one of the things that I really liked about what he did a couple of years ago was really broke down. And look, Stato has, um, I mean, he's got two top 10 finishes, right? So he knows what he's talking about. Um, um, So he kind of went through how he plans out his trades for the whole season. Now, obviously, with this year coming up, we've got an extra round, um, but we also don't know exactly what's happening with the buy rounds yet. I mean, it could be the case that we basically just get an extra two trades for the year, i.e. one round. But we also may, we may not get those three trades on that week where the, it's just the, the two teams having a buy. So it, it may only be one extra trade, right? So it's not far off from different seasons is my point, right? And he kind of walks you through that right from the get-go, um, you know, if he, and look, I may do a really poor job of explaining this. Let me just start that, say that from the, the get-go. <laughs> so he has a rule about starting with 12 keepers, right? 12 keepers, because if you start with 12 keepers, what that allows you to do is in the first, um, uh, in the first four rounds, you can do a series of fix-up trades. Or, no, actually, I think it's the first two rounds you can do fix-up trades. Then it also gives you two rounds to do um, uh, allow for injuries. Then it gives you um, basically, you know, if you map it out using the three trades during the year, it basically gives you enough for one up, one down, enough as an extra trade for the buys because you typically get to have to use two down to get one up during the buys. So if you start with 12 premiums, it allows you to utilize enough trades. And I've done it, like I said, I've done a really bad job of explaining this, but it does a really great job of allowing your trades to get to a full team by the end of the year. So if you don't have those 12 keepers, you're going to run out of, you're going to run out of trades, trades by the end of the year. So that was one of the things that I really liked about why he, his um, structure. And that's something that I've stuck to for a number of years now. And it's always done me well. Now, he typically looks at, at um, you know, three defence, five in the midfield, you know, one in the rucks, three in the forwards. But that's, you know, that's it can be floating from there. And, you know, I mean, I think this, you know, set and forget, you could definitely have two in the premiums there. I think another thing that actually happened last year was when our, um, you know, when the salary cap increased, 
when there was remember how we got that uh, you know a significant more amount of cash than we normally had to spend yep it, yep. Or, it could almost get you to 13 keepers which was why people were able to complete their teams that much earlier last year than than normally yes um, yep. so look it was just a, a you know it's something that i've kind of stuck to um you know maybe I started here. This maybe it's something that can go through again, um, or something along those lines. But it was something, and then I, I mean, I basically plan out. I have a spreadsheet where I have my plan trades for injury suspensions, non-selections, early rookie to rookie downgrades, buys left, and then you know enough left for one up, one down to get me to the end of the year. And I track my trades every single year as well. Yeah, yeah. Now that's obviously very good for me to follow. Obviously. Proofs in the pudding with with that sort of formula. There's obviously a number of successful coaches have used um, that like formula of having a certain amount of premiums before the start of the season. And yeah. I've got a few a few guys there like a like a Yo for example, as I said mentioned before that he's obviously underpriced. But could you put him? Is he a mid price or is he an underpriced premium? Yeah. That's sort of the way that um, I look and at. Because if he's an underpriced premium, yeah. then then obviously that adds another one to, um, to it as well. Well, yeah, this is the tough, and this is why I kind of wanted to give this as the, the, the context or the preface to the conversation that we're about to have, right? Because, you know, um, I now, I mean, I kind of had the O, oh, you know, pretty tightly locked away, but I'm now, not, I'm now not sure. I mean, look, he's priced at 70, right? I mean, yeah. for me, the rule is they've got to go 25 points above their price. Otherwise, you're better off getting a rookie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, um, so, I mean, that means he's got to go at 95. Now, if that's 95, if he goes at 95, that's going to make him a top six defender. Yeah, it's going to, it's going to be very, very close, if not top six. Do we really think he's a top six defender? I, I, well, I think that if he's, obviously, if he's fit and, and playing games, I think he can comfortably average over 90 if he's playing every game. Obviously, the, the risk is it's the injury risk. That's obviously the... Mm. The risk with him, um, but I think yeah. he's—I think he's like minimum. I think he can go minimum eighty-eight. I think that's—I think if he doesn't play as well, we can get eighty-eight. But I think if he plays every game, plays well, I think he can go ninety. He could even push ninety-five, a hundred if if everything was to go to plan. Because we've seen him average one hundred and six before. Mm. I think. I think. I think the point I'm trying to make is I—I I don't know if I can put him in that keeper. Category. Yeah, yeah, right. it's more that mid price. Mid price. It's, it's, yeah. it's a bit like George Hewitt, like George Hewitt and James Sisley from last year. Like they're underpriced. They're not a premium, and they're underpriced, and they'll be a mid price. It'll hopefully make your money to upgrade. But uh, best case scenario, if they become a top six or top eight defender, then you don't have to worry about it. You can just keep them there for the rest of the year until luxury this trades come in, and you can move them on. This is the same question I've got about Dacos. Yeah, so I, at the moment I don't have Dacos. In my selection, he's obviously certainly on the watch list. Um, but and that's another reason why I don't have Hayden Young either. I just I like mm-hmm. Hayden Young. I think I think Hayden Young's priced about eighty eight um, or somewhere around there. I think Dacos isn't far behind. And obviously, both can put both can go obviously high. Obviously, it's going to be obviously natural progression. But are they going to be those top six defenders okay, that where it's a keeper? Like whereas I'd rather pay an extra. What is it? Maybe 40, 50K more. And I'd rather get someone like Tom Stewart, who you know is going to be in and around those top six anyway. And you've seen it before. I'd rather start with yeah. Tom Stewart personally. Um, but I don't know about you. Um, well, I. Oh, man, this is the problem I always have. I'm never going to remember where the hell I heard that all this. You know, I mean, I, I think, well, one of the pods was talking about how they noticed that Duncan had a significant impact on Stewart's output towards the end of the year. And they think yep. that that may continue into next year. So, you know, once again, I mean, Tommy Stewart going, you know, priced at 95. You, yeah, it's yeah. like, it could, could he go to, could he maybe slide maybe back to a 92 or a 90 average or even maybe yeah, further like an 88? So who is, so you said D one is your Jordan Dawson, which is I'm you know that's he's pretty much been locked in there for me, yep, right from the get go. Who is your D two? So my D two is another one of these underpriced guys, uh, Andrew McGrath. That's who I've got at the moment as my okay. as my D two. So I've only gone the one premium defender, and I've gone sort of two uh, two of the mid price. So Andrew McGrath is obviously D two, and I've got Yo D three. And you've noticed a lot of people's spreadsheets out there and they're fading defenders, are they? Well, I mean, I'd, 
or I think I, I've seems gone, like the strategy, but yeah, I think the strategy heavily. is pe- people are going a, a big primo, then they'll go like a young type or like a day cost, and they might go like um like McGrath, Yo, maybe some people yeah. got Himmelberg there just as a placeholder in case he does play defense, and then they go two rookies. Whereas I've actually gone um, three rookies at the moment in my defense, so I've got. Uh, Jinbi uh, from obviously Eagles, Chesser from the Eagles, and um, Wilmot. They're obviously the three that at the at this stage I think would be the most likely to be playing round one. Obviously, if yeah. not all three got named, then obviously that could could change. But that's what I was thinking. My defence. What 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 are you thinking with your defence um, currently uh, at the moment? So Brayshaw is still sitting there in D two. Yeah, so uh, he's like he's said, the, he's the he's the one for me if I'm gonna. Maybe swap a forward or a midfielder out. It was it would be one of like a, a like if it was a Jinbi or even if it was like a like a, one of my rookies on my bench would go one of them up to yeah. Angus Brayshaw and then put like a, a Wilmot on the bench. That would be what I would be yeah. thinking of doing. Yeah, yeah, and then you know I do have Yo sitting there at D three, but like I said, I really don't like it, um, and I really want to get out of it. To be perfectly honest, if I can. Um, yep. I'm quite happy with having the two keepers in the defensive line. Um, and, you know, I, I I would much prefer to have Sinclair locked in there, even though I don't think there's any value in him, um, even though there is a little uncertainty in terms of, you know, the new coach. Um, yep. But at, for the time being, I'm happy with Angus Brayshaw. I think, you know, he's got upside there. You know, once again, there's a lot of uncertainty about his role in particular. I mean, obviously... No, what do you thought? What do you thoughts about? What are your thoughts about like a Doherty? Obviously, very expensive at nine seventy seven. Uh, um, is he uh, sort of a consideration? Obviously, because he's priced at one ten. Obviously, if you're getting him, you obviously or pretty much bank on the fact he's going to be D one, which at the moment looks like that will be the case. But is he sort of too expensive for you, and you're not touching it, or because defenders there's not a lot of value? Like there's not necessarily a lot of value. He might just be a guy that you just go nut pick him, and and you'd be happy. Yeah, look, I mean, I mean, no player is ever too expensive for me. It's it's all about value, uh, and yep. I just don't, I just don't think, you know, you know the value's there. That's, I mean, I, I, you know, to be perfectly honest, I actually think he's a, you know, like a candidate or one of these players that's going to decline. I, I think he's going to, you know, fall five points or maybe even eight points off his um, his average from last year, and you know. I'd, I don't, I don't want to be. I mean, yeah, he's, he probably still be, might be D1. I don't know. Or D2 or D3. But, um, you know, I'd, I'd rather um, search for value. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I agree. I'm, I'm probably getting a Dawson who's nearly 100K cheaper. Um, and even, like, I, I would rather Dawson over a Sinclair. But even Sinclair's, like, nearly 70K cheaper than, than Doherty as well. So, and then obviously Brayshaw is 100k cheaper than than Doherty. So I think there is a little bit more value in terms of the guys just below that you could get um, from him. And I still um, and think Dawson them. and Brayshaw are pretty locked for top six. I think so. Yeah, I, I think so as well. I think that, well, yeah. especially if Brayshaw's got this midfield role, which he was playing at the back end of um, yeah. of the year. Um, and I know the coaches panel did, uh, obviously, Angus Brayshaw will stay. So if you haven't checked that, I'm actually yeah, um, do that. Um, but obviously there was the stats that he actually did better with Salem in the team, funny enough. And obviously that was what helped push him into the midfield back in the year as well. So that's obviously another interesting point with him. But the other one that just the last defender I want to talk about before we move on, unless you want to talk about another defender after this as well was um it's I'm not I probably won't start with him, but after after listening to the coaches panel talk about um Aaron Hole, it certainly made him probably be put on my watch list for for the preseason. I don't know if you've listened to that yet, but any thoughts on Aaron Hall under 800k? Maybe a bit of value there. It's risky, obviously. Look, oh, look. I mean, he's. He, I mean, he's a no for me right now. That, but he, I mean, he's. If he gets to the front end of the season and it looks like he's got that role, um, you know, with the new coach and he looks fit, then how are you not going to at least consider him? Um, you know, especially with the numbers that he can put up, uh, you have to. So, uh, I mean, he's a no right now because I just, you know, I, I too many, I, too many I, question I marks, and he, and he's and he's I got to get through a whole preseason using him like that. I just well, there's been there's been rumblings about potentially Taron Thomas going back to a half back flank and potentially taking um, some of maybe 
the the ball out of the back line. So maybe that chews into yeah. a bit of a bit of Hall's um, usage back there. Look, I mean, like I said, at this point of the season, I'm looking for who are going to be my 12 or possibly 13 keepers. Um, and Aaron Hall doesn't fit into that basket. Yeah. Not at this stage of the season anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we'll move on to the midfielders. So um, we'll go through uh, who, you've, who you'd have in your midfield. So who would be in your midfield? Obviously, speaking about those, obviously, premiums, as you're saying, who'd be your premiums <clears throat> that you'd be starting the season with? Yeah, so my M1 is Brayshaw. Once again, I think, um, I mean, purely, I think, uh, both not only his development personally, but um, Frio's development as a team is just going to help him go to another level. I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if he wins the Brownlow this year, to be perfectly honest. Um, so um, I think he, you know, he's got some points in him. So um, I really liked owning him last year. He was probably one of my best picks. I'm... You know, as much as I hate Frio because I'm an Eagles fan, um, <laughs> uh, it ain't much fun watching footy in the West at the moment. So I have been watching a lot more Frio games, and man, I yep. tell you, it's good watching. It's good watching that midfield. In fact, it's good watching that whole team. That that um, you know, the coach has just brought about a very very different culture in that team. And um, you know, I think they're well, they look like they're going to have some very successful years ahead. So yeah, I'm definitely uh, on board the Brayshaw train. Um, you know, once again, when I say that, that, you know, people like Sarong around him, um, uh, Jaeger O'Meara coming into the side, you know, like I think they'll protect him a little bit more. Um, he was able to run through tags last year. You know, he didn't really ever get um, nailed too much. Like, he, I, I, I mean, I don't have his scores on hand or anything like that, but I can remember him being tagged or coming up for tag games and me not worrying and thinking, hey, it was still worth scoring 90 or 100 anyway, so it's not a big deal. Um, so it's good to have a player like that. Um, then M2, I think I've, well, I've got Jack Steele sitting at the moment. Um, okay. Again, well, yeah. Some, mm, some unknowns with the, with the coach there, but even still, if, if Ross Lyon does kind of bring that defensive kind of game, um, style to the Saints, I actually think that could probably really, um, really, uh, assist him. Um, you know, he, he, I think he's shown with his numbers from previous seasons that he's got, um, he's got some value in there. Uh, you know, he could go another five points, maybe another eight, you know, something along those, uh, those lines. So I think he offers value and um, I yep. think he's a good captain choice. And not only that, but as the captain, captain of his club, um, I think that also, I mean, he just always performs like the captain, you know, he always stands yes, up, yeah. he always delivers. He, he never gives up, um, you know, even if they're getting absolutely, you know, pummeled, you know, he's still racking up the tackles. So, um, you know, I, I, I do think he, he um, he's, well, he's in my team right now. Jack McRae yeah, playing three. Yeah, I was going to say with yeah, Jack Steele, uh, I just think Jack Steele, I just think he's got the least amount of worry from St Kilda's side. I just think that mm. his role, I don't see it changing at all, whereas there's pretty much a question mark you could say for almost every player there. So, But Jack, I think Jack yeah. Steele's pretty much locked into just that being that centre-bounce guy and, and, and that's it. So uh, like the pick as well. And then it's obviously said Jack McRae, obviously the, your third midfield, obviously you think he's going to improve, obviously with uh, oh. Dunkley uh, moving out of the midfield. Look, I, one of the things I remember about Jake McRae was, isn't he the player with the longest streak of 30-plus possession games or something like that? Um, you know, and, and I think so. It's, 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 him or, it's him or Laird or something. It's one of the two. Yeah, it's, yeah, I'm pretty I'm sure it's McRae. But... but it was McRae until about early in the season last year until there was, you know, his role started changing and he moved out onto the wing. And, you know, I think that's where that um, that, that kind of string of games came to an end. But um, obviously with Dunkley moving out, I think he's going to get a lot more ball. Um, and once again, I think he's underpriced. I think he's, you know, probably got another, you know, 5, 10, maybe even 15 points in him. Yeah, no, I agree. I've got him uh, in my eight as well. Um, yeah. Definitely locked him in. So uh, who's your fourth? Have you got a fourth yeah, premium? So... He's, yes, I do. However, once again, based on my rule of keepers, and this is what's changed it for me. I mean, this is, my team's now changed since I've been using the planner, you know, as compared to obviously what we were talking about um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, I had, well, I mean, Tom Mitchell still sits in my team right now, but here's my concern. So he's priced at 96. I mean, we all know what the pig can do. Um, We all know that there's concerns about the Collingwood game style. Um, 
and that's my question, right? And the, the, the question I'm trying to answer is this, is, is he going to be a keeper? Now, to be a keeper, he doesn't have to be a top eight, but he's probably got to be a top, well, he's got to be top 10 to probably 15, right? Yeah, probably, he's got to be, yeah, I, I'd say top 12, top 14 at worst, I exactly, think, yeah. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, but once again, to be a top, Twelve and I don't know. Maybe we should look at the stats on Footy Wire or something. Well, I know, line, I know, but... I know, I know for a fact. Last year, it was down in terms of those. Not, I don't think all the top eight were averaging over one ten. I think you had, you still had like like McRae had a poor year, but I think he was still in the top sixteen or seventeen midfielders, and he only averaged like a one hundred three. So, um, I'll see if yeah. I can find the stat up, but um, about how many players averaged that? Um, oh, we we know the. But yes, I mean, look, I, I guess the question is for me with him is can he average 110? That's a big step up. You know, I well, mean, I, you know, I, well, I, I, think, I, think if he, I think he can average 105 to 110. Um, and he's obviously, we've seen he's got the ability to go above. I, I, I do agree. I think Warney put it in his. Deck of DT, obviously, Tomich was the first one. Um, and I think that he said it right. And I don't have much worry with the Collingwood game style because a lot of it does rely... And I think, actually, and this was mentioned by Holmes in that on the pod pod as well, that I don't have much worry with Tom Mitchell because um, game style is based on the players you've got at the club, right? And you bring in a Brownlow medalist who's known for being in and under, getting those contested possessions and just winning... just ball around the ground. I think with Collingwood adding another guy like that there, then you got Dugowie doesn't have to do as much of that and he can rely more on being like a burst clearance player. And then you've got all the other midfielders sort of don't have as much responsibility. I think that the midfield will take a step up there, which will just in turn, that'll just mean their scoring goes up. So I don't have much yeah, worry. I don't, th- I don't yeah. think Tom Mitchell's going to go 120, but I think no. I think you still go 110, I think, if, if um, everything goes to play. And I just think last year was just a a poor year, obviously, with just a bad role. But he used to get a lot of cheap ball because that was the game style of the teams he played in. It, was, it wasn't just the in and under. It was the spreading. It was the marks, you know, those little chip kicks, the little mark, the little plus sixes, you know. So I, I'm – and look, this is – so I, I, coming back to what I was talking about at the start about having my keepers, right? So I've at the moment, I've only got two keepers in the defensive line, right? I'm only going to have four keepers in the midfield at the moment because right now my M5 is dom sheet and I don't see that changing unless obviously yeah. something like an injury happens, right? You know, we talked before about my rule of 25 points or more. Um, like I think dom sheet can go 90 plus, right? I agree, fact, I agree. Who the hell is going to be in the midfield? You know, like, yes, I think he's going to play a major midfield role, providing he's healthy. Um, And, I mean, I think, you know, once again, we all forget how young he is. Um, And, you know, he's a stellar footballer. Um, So, you know, now that that midfield has kind of been cleared out, I think they're going to rely on him a lot. And if he is healthy and if he has a full preseason, I think he is well and true. I think he's potentially has 30 points under price. So, yeah, I've got, I've got him so, as my M5 as well. Yeah, cool. Well, we agree on that. So the, yeah. I guess what that then brings me back to is with a Tom Mitchell is that because I have those doubts, because I have those question marks, I'm wondering whether I would be better off. And, of course, this all comes down to the players that are going to be available, right? But I'm wondering whether I'm better off fading someone like an Elliot Yo because I do have questions and doubts about his ability to produce that 25-point upside as well. And, you know, whether I can get more of a mid-pricer in the defensive line or whether I can find more of a, a even, I mean, ideally a rookie. Um, but, uh, and then, you know, spread some of that cash into, you know, turning Tom Mitchell into someone who I think is a, you know, lock and loaded uh, top eight. Yeah. Well, I've currently got, obviously, as I said before, Yo's in my defence. So I've got him there. Just I think the upside is there. But obviously you do make a good point that, that question of obviously not only has he got his injury history, but can he push that 90, 95 to make him like really good value? So that'd be certainly yeah. interesting um, as the season goes on. So who else have you got in your midfield there to round off well, your midfield? Yeah. Yeah. Just Ashcroft is the only one I've got locked in because obviously too many questions about, you know, most of the other players. 
Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. Um, I'm just trying to find because I thought they because I know for a fact that the traders did put out the um, all the positions, which I think is actually here. So I'm actually just getting it up now because we're obviously talking about the midfielders in terms of average um, from last year. So if I just sort this sure. by midfield midfielders here, we'll be able to get that up. So in terms of midfielders from last year, um, average wise, um, mm. there were only. Uh, two, four, six midfielders over 110, um, being Rory Laird, okay. Andrew Brayshaw, Clayton Oliver, Callum Mills, Jack Steele, Tuke Miller. Um, so one and you can't, and you can't actually, and, and then obviously you had Dunkley was obviously mid four, but then you had Merritt and Lockie Neal were the two rounding out at 107. So if you're based on last year, if you go 107 plus, yeah, okay. you're going to be top eight or in the mix. Based on last year, so that obviously makes it interesting. So where was where was Jack McRae last year? Um, he was at one hundred and three. Yeah, I know, but where, where where did he rank on the? Uh, oh, in um, terms of where did he rank in terms of midfield averages? Mm. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, uh, ten, eleven. If you include Bailey Smith, but if you take Bailey Smith, actually, he was a four. Yeah, he was tenth. Yeah, yeah. So tenth. that's what I mean. So just outside that, that, and that was a. Like all. it's after after like a Lockie Neal, um, you had like Brad mm. Crouch at one hundred six, and then you had Jack McCray at one hundred three with um, Walsh, McCluggage, and Petrarca, and then you had like um, Cripps and all that at like one hundred two. So you had a lot yeah. of midfielders in that one hundred three, one hundred two range, um, and there weren't actually that many that went over one hundred five. So does that change this year? Well, obviously, we will have to uh, wait and see. But obviously, it just shows that maybe you don't have to go one ten to be um, mm-hmm. a top eight mid potentially. Would it change? Do you think? I, I would I imagine. Would. So, I, would I think. I think. I think it will go up a little bit because a lot of those players, average one hundred two, one hundred three, had a few injuries in in their games. I know Walsh had. I don't know if he had an injury game or two there, but obviously Cripps had that low score. I think he was up near one hundred seven. If you take that out, obviously, um, I think I don't know if Josh Kelly had one. I know that uh, Traka had one or two. So if you add those up, you have a few more probably up a bit higher. So I think that a few more players will average over one ten, but. I don't think there's going to be – I don't think all eight are going to be averaging over 110. Well, maybe it's also the change, you know, with the rule change in the rules and the game style and things like that. Maybe, you know, maybe fantasy scoring is down now in terms of yeah. the game style. Yeah. So, um, so who – well, let's run run us through your midfielders. So my midfielders. So this is going to create um, – uh, a few waves uh, around the place. But at the moment at M1, I have Rory Laird. Yeah. Okay. I've paid up. Um, I've, I, I obviously, I just think out of a lot of people. Okay. So the way I've bring this down is, I don't think he's 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 not value. Obviously, he's priced at one twenty. That's you can't unless you, I believe he's going to go one twenty five. Which, which hey, he went at like what near one thirty for all pretty much the back half of the year. So I'm not going to rule it out. But I don't think he's going to go one. I, if anything, I think he would go one fifteen plus, which obviously is is not value, but. He's not that much. He's only about, I think, seventy k or so more than Brayshaw. So there's not that much difference, especially if you take like a if you go Dawson instead of Doherty, it's if you go Doherty and Brayshaw, it's essentially the same price as going Dawson Laird. So that's what I've looked at. But then the other thing I've looked at is in the past we've had guys like like Jack Steele and Toot Miller, for example, uh, the year before last were obviously over a million dollars. They averaged one twenty, um, and people paid up for them, but we didn't know if they were going to keep the average, which they obviously didn't. And then you had the year before, I think it was Lockie Neal um, in the uh, COVID year when he went at like, yeah, over like 115. I don't know exactly what his average was, but obviously that was adjusted. But the difference, I think, with those is that Neal was injured a lot the, the following year. And then even last year, Jack Steele and Toot Miller didn't really do it for years and years before that. Whereas Laird's been a... A, pretty much a little piglet for the better part of the last 10 years playing in defence. But going back since he's played in the midfield, I think he's only scored under 90 on, I think, one occasion or two occasions. And I remember the game was against Richmond. He only scored 75 and it was just a weird game. But I just think that he's the safe, almost the safest one there that he's going to go 115 and I can put a captain on him every week. And he might even be a bit of a differential as well because people are going to be um, pushed away from that price. So obviously, I don't know. Obviously, I, I think I know what your thoughts would be on there. That the the numbers don't add up, and uh, um, he's too expensive. But what what are your thoughts on a Rory Laird for for this year? Look, I mean, yeah, it's just 
I mean, look, everything you said about him is correct. Um, I just can't see. I just I can't spend up. That's I, you know yeah, I just yeah. don't see any value in it. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, I, and, I know and... that I already know I'm short of funds. Like I am every bloody year. You know, like I yeah. don't have enough funds to have all the players I want in my team. Um, which means, you know, effectively what I have to do is, you know, is find values so that I can, you know, get those additional keepers in and, and um, you know, I just, I'll need that cash, man. I'm going to need it for rookies. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I could de- I could definitely, like, and again, he's not locked into my side. This is obviously our first drafts of in pre-season. Yeah. So he could easily be moved out and I could even just go um, someone a lot cheaper or even move that funds and, and um, go down to like a, a cheaper option. But the moment he is sitting in my M1, I'm just, I just think he's, as Calvin would say, you don't get one, you get two, obviously. So, um, and then at my M2, I've gone quite different. So it'll probably explain a bit with my forwards as well, but I've actually got Josh Dunkley as my M2. So I've, I've flicked him in there because obviously I think there's more value in the forwards. So I've got him at my M2. Um, I think he's going to be the F1 quite clearly by, he could even be by 10 points by the next, by the next one, if everything goes well. But I just think that obviously I need him in my team and there's obviously more value in the forwards I want in there. So I've got him as my M2. What are are your thoughts on maybe like having a flex flexibility in your, your mid in your midfield? I like it. I like it a lot, actually. Um, like you said, there's a lot of value sitting in the front, in the forward line. Um, and, you know, from people that we can't afford to ignore. So, um, yeah, I've, I've been toying with that idea for a little while. I haven't done it yet, but... Um, I'm pretty, but I'm pretty I, set on, I, I, I think like I'll, I think I'll be doing that um, this season. I think that there is too much value in the forwards. If, all the players that I've picked there are all fit and firing ready to go in the forward line. I think that there's just too much value. I think I have to almost put um, like a Dunkley. It could be Keneally. It doesn't matter. It could be one of the um, one of those mid forwards. But at the moment, I've got Dunkley there. Just obviously he's the, the one that's going to average the most. So I thought chuck him there. And, and it adds that flexibility that if one of those forward picks fail, you can swap Dunkley in your, your forward line and you can always – and you can, you can swap – maybe a failed pick into your midfield and maybe get a mid price or you can go in your defense and get like an underpriced guy. There's just, I just think there's a lot of flexibility there. And I've, I, d- I don't mind doing it if there's value in other positions that allows you to put one there, but I think this is a good year to do something like that. So that's why I've got Dunkley sitting there at M2. Um, M3, obviously we well pretty much our M3 to M5, the exact same. We've got Jack McRae, yeah. Tom Mitchell, Dom Sheet. They're, yeah. they're the three I've got locked there. And then I've got, I've also got James Warple there as well as a bit of an underpriced, Underpriced yeah, guy, obviously preseason watch. Obviously, I want to see how he goes, but four sixty three k price at fifty two. I, I think that if he's playing, playing the midfield, no Mitchell, no Mira. Um, I just think that he's he's probably at least twenty points unders. Yeah, yeah. So okay, cool. I like him. And then the Do you want to go so, through any rookies or anything like that, or just oh, I think I think well, I've got Ashcroft uh, yeah. and Cam Cameron McKenzie from uh, Hawthorne yeah. at the moment. I've got Elijah Hewitt on the bench, so I've spent up in my midfield on the bench um, for a rookie. But they're the two I've got there. I think Ashcroft's pretty much going to be if there's he's probably the closest to um, the the must have if you can really yeah. find one there. Because I think you'll play obviously sure. and, and be very good. So um, uh, Rucks. So who have you got currently as your two Rucks? So I normally do not go set and forget. I like to, <laughs> I find that rookie rucks or mid-price rucks are actually often good value. Yep. Um, but this year, I, 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 at the moment, I've got set and forget Tim English and Ryan Marshall. Um, yep. I think snap. they're going to be the top two rucks. Yeah, uh, snap. I've got, the exact, I've got the exact same as well. Um, is there any other rucks that you've, you've got on your, maybe your two or three that you might change one of those guys to? Um, obviously, you've only... got a lot, of, a lot of options sort of around that price that could be a bit unders. Yeah, the only other ruck I've got uh, in my, uh, my eyes on is in, is in my forward line, and that's Darcy Cameron. Yeah, yeah he's, he's my third. If I'm going to get rid of one, it's probably going to be two Darcy Cameron. Yeah, exactly. So, um, what do you well? So the other guy I haven't wrote it. So Max Gorn for me is completely like ruled out. I think it's too, way too expensive mm-hmm. for for what's going to happen. Unless obviously we don't want to see this happen, but unless there was an injury to a Gorn or a Grundy in the preseason, obviously that would make one of the other interesting. But I've got a lot more interest in Brody Grundy, and I haven't ruled him out of my team yet because he's only twenty two k more than Marshall. And and if I see in the preseason that he's taking 60, 65 percent 
or even more of the ruck and Gorn's playing more of that forward or and floating back behind the ball. It's certainly made it's he's on the watch list, but obviously not as keen as as I am on a Marshall in English. But what are you, what are your thoughts on the Melbourne set? Are they both completely off the oh, tail for you? Or are they still on your watch list based on what maybe preseason will will shape up so and he, give us? Yeah, look, I think he, he, he oh, look. I mean, clearly the ruck pig deserves our uh, attention, right? But I wouldn't. I don't think I'd be putting a line through Ryan, Ryan Marshall for him. I think I would be looking more so at putting a line through Darcy Cameron for him. Um, okay, yep. I mean, look, I think Romar, we know what he can do, right? I mean, he can rack up 120s, you know, 130s, et cetera, right? So um, with that kind of ceiling, if he's got the role that we think he's going to have this year, this year I, I don't think you can afford not to have him. Um, Brody Grundy, I think there's just way too many questions. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think potentially uh, he's going to be probably still up there in terms of the ru- uh, the ranks of the rucks, but... Um, but yeah, I see a bit more value in Darcy Cameron for the time being anyway. Yes, no, agreed. Uh, Darcy Cameron at, what, 725K? Obviously, that's yeah. pretty good value for a guy that, that went well. And, and obviously, he's probably got the most value, I think, out of all those rucks up there. Because, again, I'm, I'm, obviously, some people are going to go like a Riley O'Brien or a Jared Witts or, or a Sean Darcy or someone like that. But I, I just don't think there's enough excitement or value that I could go to any of them, I'd have to go on Mar. It's pretty much I'm going to be going two of English Marshall and Cameron. It's pretty much I'm going to be going one of Marshall or Cameron in my ruck. It just depends who I go. And obviously, I want to see Marshall in that R1 spot. Obviously, if they play a Tom Campbell or they've got Jack Hayes and all of a sudden they're pushing... Well, actually, rather than play Jack Hayes, because I think then Marshall would be playing more ruck. But if like a Tom Campbell's playing uh, in the team, I, I definitely couldn't start with Ron Marshall. Yeah. So I yeah. think there's pretty there's yeah. not and it's funny there's not really many value plays as well like even in the ruck either like you've like a few people talk about Lyset I just don't think there's enough meat on the bone there to in terms of value he's only he's priced at seventy but is he really going to go much more than eighty like I don't know if he's going to go much more and and like oh, Cherry was on my list before or X areas as obviously the trader boys like to call him he was on my list but obviously with Goldie. Going around again, I couldn't couldn't have him if he was sharing the ruck. So really, besides that, it pretty much goes down to like a if like a Lloyd Meek or, or someone like that breaks through. But they've got three rucks there. I just I just think it's a bit. We say it every year. I think that the cheaper rucks could be a bit uh, fraught with danger again. Look, I mean, once again, this is how I you know kind of the categories it would fall into me. So I, I definitely think Lloyd Meek is on the watch list. You know, if he does, 100 percent, yeah, definitely on the, on the watch list. You know, because he's, I can't remember what he's priced at, but he's priced at fuck all. So, um, so he's, he's priced at, Lloyd Meek priced at 53 and a half, 53.5. Yes. So once, you know, you could you could definitely see that being 25 points under price if he's got the role. But yeah, 100%. Again, it's very, very early in the season. I mean, is he going to be a keeper though? You wouldn't have him in that category, no. would you? No, no, he's, he he def- he's definitely stepping soon. Yeah but you would have him in the category of being 25 points under price. So, you know, I guess that's what we've just got to wait and see in terms of that role. But, you know, once again, in terms of my strategy, in, in my structure, you know, because I'm, I'm, you know, I am fading defenders, but I'm not defending fading defenders as hard as obviously sounds like some people are, but having the two keepers in defense, you know, having then the four keepers in, in the midfield, I then want two keepers in the ruck. Right. Yes, so, yeah. you know, for me, it's got to be English and Marshall. Um, yeah, that's, and then, I agree with that at the moment. Yeah. And then that, the, the great thing about Darcy Cameron is, I mean, you know, he, he's, I mean, he's shown that he can definitely run at that probably 95 point plus average or above, which would also make him a top six or two. You know, as well, yeah, yes. So, yeah. yeah, exactly right. So he provides us that flexibility, that ability to cover English or Marshall if one of those two goes down. Um, and at the same time, he provides us the safety of being underpriced and an underpriced top six forward. Um, so, yeah, he's he's my fourth keeper in my forward line. Yeah, well, well, on that note, we'll move on to the to the forwards as well. So, obviously, he's your F four. Who are your other three forwards you've got from F one to F three? So, so Dunks is locked and loaded. Yep, I'm pretty sure Cogs is locked and loaded as well. Yep. Timmy T, I, I, he's who's in there at the moment. We've yep. had the Connor Rosie conversation. Do we want to talk about it again or briefly? 
Uh, well, I, th- I think again, well, he's just a. He he's just a uh, yes, I've got um, Rosie in my side. So I've got quickly. Who are yours? So I've got obviously Cogs is there. I've got Taranto. Then I've got Rosie. So I moved obviously Dunkley as I said my M two, and I've got That's Rosie right. there as my as my third premium. So obviously he could be Darcy Cameron as well, which would give me that yeah. flexibility as well, which I I do like that play as well. But I've got Rosie there. I just, I just think I know that obviously we had that discussion. Obviously Wines had the injury last year, and and Butters was sort of uh, he had an injury. He's in you know, the midfield. He's back in the midfield. Is sort of. Um, there, obviously, Boke's there. Obviously, Horn Francis comes in the side. Is he going to play forward or midfield? Like, you, there's plenty of names that could, like Willem Drew takes time in there, and he normally maybe has a run with role. So, there's questions there. I just think I shall I'd, not be named as referred to by the Hatch Hat um, boys. Is coming. Yes, in. yep, that's right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jason Horn Francis. Um, uh, but yeah, and then you've got. Um, I just think Rosie was just. He, it wasn't the fact he was just a good fantasy player. He was also just a very good footballer at the back end of last year. Just He was obviously best and fairest, All-Australian. And priced 88, I think he can go 95. I think 95 plus um, is definitely on the cards for that, which means he's probably got the most – I think he's got the most value um, along with probably like a Dylan Moore or whatever in those in those forwards that could push uh, – obviously taking Darcy Cameron uh, – that could go 90, 95 plus um, if you take out the, like your Dunks, Taranto, Cogs, those sort of guys. So um, if for people that missed it, though, Ro, uh, Rosie, obviously your thoughts on him? Uh, look, I just, yeah. So, I mean, without going into all the detail we went into before, I mean, Wine's injury, uh, Butter's injury, um, you know, just uh, once again, I mean, he seems to be pretty injury prone himself. Um, okay, I like... One thing I do like about it also is because he did have such a good finish to the end of last year, I think a lot of people are going to bring him into their side. I think they're going to have rose-coloured glasses, rosy-coloured glasses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and, um, and have him in the side. And I, I don't know that he's going to perform that well. And look, I think, look, he could, he could be 95, right? And he, that would make him top, top six. But that's only seven points under price. That's not going to kill me. But... There's a there's I think there's a big enough risk there to to fade it, um, you know, especially when that forward line is packed. I mean, I do like that idea of having Josh Dunkley in the midfield. Um, but, then, but then obviously I, you could you could still have three prime forwards though, putting Dunkley in the midfield, sure, then having Darcy Cameron in your forward line to add that right flexibility yeah, as well. Yeah, but uh, I mean, who else have you got in your forward line? Because I got Toby McLean and I don't see him moving. Yeah, so I've got Tony McLean. He he won't move if he's if he's fit yeah. and playing round one, which it sounds like he obviously had hand surgery, but it sounds like he'll be back training pretty much uh, when they come back from their Christmas and New Year's break, which is obviously good, yeah. or, or at least mid January anyway. And I've got uh, Taron Thomas there, F four. Obviously, he's mm. obviously. I just think if 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 he's playing a good role, um, then I think at priced at under five hundred k, price at fifty three. I think again he's. He went. He was going at I think ninety five plus for the uh, the the back end of twenty twenty one. So obviously last year, obviously uh, very poor year. But I just think that um, he's good. He's good value if he's got a good role. But obviously he's a preseason watch. He's definitely not um, locked there by any stretch. But um, yeah, he's certainly there. Obviously, I don't know if you've got him. You obviously got McLean. Is Taron Thomas on your watch list at the moment? Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Don't seem so, too I mean, excited about that one. So, well, funnily enough, it's funny that you bring him up, right? It's because I I equate a little bit of Connor Rosita, a little bit of Taron Thomas from the year before. So, I mean, do you remember that? You know, the last six weeks of yeah, when it like twenty twenty one, twenty three, yeah, I think. Yeah, exactly. Right, he absolutely brained it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm not making too many comparisons between them. Right? I'm sure there's plenty of differences, but I just wonder whether. Connor Rosie is going to be that player who absolutely brained it going into the end of last year and can back um, it up. And, and yeah, and well, well, I, I don't know that he is going to be able to back it up. Um, so, um, so yeah, that's that's where I've got that question mark there. And yep. um, like I said, I don't. I think you know we we talked about this in the last um, Twitter space as well. Like you know, I, I view my starting squad very much from the point of. That look, obviously you've got to maximise value, but at the same time, what's you want to lock in those guys? Exactly, I want to yeah. lock in those guys, and I don't, 
you know, they, they say you can, you know, you can't win it in the with your starting side, but you can lose it. Well, you I know, don't, I don't, I don't know if you actually. Funny enough, you speak, but I don't know if you listened to uh, uh, Pod Pod release, especially when Holmesy uh, talked to uh, Manny Motra, obviously winner of Classic yeah, uh, yeah. last year, and he was obviously speaking about how, um, obviously, if anyone hasn't listened to it, highly recommend go listen to that. Obviously, get um, tips from a guy that's that's won Classic and won it last year, so the most recent one. But as he spoke about, he said that he um, started with a pretty vanilla team, as a lot of people do, but it was obviously. It's a lot of it's based on trading. Obviously, obviously, you have to nail the rookies at the start, and you've got to get the mid prices in the first few rounds. But a lot of it is about trading in the year. So, as you said, if like on one hand, Rosie could be a good starting pick because a lot of people are going to go with him. But also, you could also not start him if he just starts going really well. You can because the first few rounds of fix up trades, you can always bring him in anyway. So that's yeah. obviously. He's one of those players I don't think you have to start with because you can look at it either way. You can either bring him in if he's doing well, and then if he's not doing well, you don't have him. Or if you've started with him and he does poorly, you can get rid of him. Or if everyone's got him, he does well, you can just keep him. And this is these are the questions that I've got about, you know, I mean, that's why I've got the question over, obviously, Elliot, yeah, as a keeper. I mean, that's obviously a clear one. But even Tommy Mitchell, right? Like, I mean, can you see a world where he only goes pretty much 100? Not really. I th- I think he goes one hundred and five plus. I think Tom Mitchell. I think I think he's yeah. a great pick. Obviously, uh, Jace Design obviously may put the bold call up. He doesn't reckon Tom Mitchell will go over one five, uh, or I think it was either that or over a hundred or something like that. But uh, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see. I think we're going to know. I think we're going to know before. Like I yes, think yeah. we'll, because we'll see enough practice matches. We'll see enough. Um, well, you know, whatever preseason we do get, but. Um, <laughs> But I think we'll know enough coming into um, uh, the season to know whether he will or not. But I guess just at this moment right now, I'm not sure. See, he's yeah, he's locked in for me. I think just because, and I, and I just think again, the the risk is uh, mitigated a bit by the fact that pretty much everyone's going to start with him. So even yeah. if he does, if he does go down, then um, then. Uh, like not go down in terms of injury touch what I don't want to get injured but um, in terms of go down in terms of he just doesn't perform you can just move him on because he's still at a good price where you can you don't need not even 100k and you'll be able to get yourself a, a top 8 mid um, right there so I do like him as a pick um, but it's but the yes. trades right it's the trades and that's why I'm looking at the keepers now I don't want to waste that trade that's what I'm worried about yeah. So yeah. anyway, look, maybe Tom Mitchell's not the best example because, you know, he, he probably can go 105 plus. But, you know, these are the questions that I'm asking myself at this time of the year. And it's the same with Connor Rose. You know, priced at whatever he was, 88 or something like that, you know. Yeah. Um, is, Dylan, Dylan, is Dylan Moore a guy you might consider? Obviously, a, a few Hawthorne yes. guys have moved out of the midfield. If he's got a role in preseason playing in midfield, obviously – He's not priced that much higher than Rosie. I think it's only about it's only forty six k. Is he a guy that's on your watch list yeah. and could come in? So once again, kind of sits on that that same kind of that same kind of tier as Connor Rosie. Um, you know, when I'm looking at my, you know, if I'm going to lock in my top, you know, if I'm going to lock in four forwards, who are the forwards that you, you can kind of that have got some value there that are guaranteed? You know, and for I think me, I think. Dunkley and Cogs, obviously, for me, um, exactly maybe not right. to, maybe not necessarily value value, but I think that both can definitely go above what they're priced at. Yeah, and then even Timmy T. I mean, you'd think he'd, you'd think with um, you know the amount of forward time that he played last year, you'd think he's not going to play that amount of forward time. Yeah, yeah and and right, yeah and Richmond. Yeah, I I agree, and and I think he's not a guy that's doesn't uh, rely his scoring based on the system he's in. I think a lot of his points do come from tackles. He gets a few cheap marks, just gets in and under, gets a lot of contested, throws on the boot. Um, so um, I think he's a uh, – I don't think the yeah. Richmond system's necessarily going to be a, an issue. It just depends, mm. like, how many value forwards we got there, how's he looking pre-season. Obviously, he's looking great, obviously, winning the – the, the time trial as well in preseason. So um, he's there for me at the moment. And, and obviously we'll just see how he goes in preseason. Actually, I think even Darcy Cameron fits into that same tier as like a Connor Rosie and a Dylan Moore. But, you know, with that flexibility of being able to cover the ruck line. Yeah. It just, it just for me, it just trumps the other two. Yeah, because you know, so obviously you, got, you don't have to worry about wasting trades in your ruck because you can just go, exactly okay, right. let's one of those rucks are injured. You put Darcy Cameron there and then you can bring in you can bring in a Rosie if you did start with him, for example. So just, yeah, that's, and it just, you know, now maybe I can make some room, you know, by moving Dunkley into the midfield. But, and, you know, that'll, 
that'll come to fruition, I guess, as we know more about the rookies we've got available and who's playing, you know, obviously if we can load up in the forward line or load up in the midfield or whatever it is. But, um, yeah, for me, it's just, you know, it's, it's spots are just so scarce in that forward line and, and Connor Rosie and, and Dylan Moore, while I think are good players and while I think both are underpriced, um, uh, yeah, just don't quite make it for me. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely could see that. Um, and yeah, Josh Porter said here, he said, uh, wouldn't be going wits, uh, just in going back to right, said he wouldn't be going wits either. Um, he thinks Ned Moore could push uh, this season. Yeah. Anyone else you got sitting in your forward line there, mate? Or, we, or have we kind of wrapped that up now? Um, it was just, yeah, the, obviously the rookie I've got, there's uh, obviously a Philip who's at the moment there, obviously, but that would just sort of depend mm-hmm. who who's named in the forward line. Um there, but obviously, but there's there's plenty of like yeah, guys sure. that are underpriced. That are they going to come into consideration? Like Ben Cunnington at six sixty eight. I think he's if he was in the sixties, I'd be more interested at seventy five uh, and a half. I'd yeah. need to be seeing that he's playing nah, full time. Not enough price. But um, Himmelberg, if he's playing um, uh, in that defensive role, that that fender forward flexibility, I might I'd probably start him in my defence. But he's a guy that you could always start in your forward line because he's got that flexibility there as well and. Um, and yeah, obviously, then I think you've got like you've got like Oscar Allen and and a few and like Ben King, but obviously, just depends of if we don't get rookies, maybe you start with guys like that because obviously, playing key position, you might ne- not necessarily want to start with them. Yeah. So. Yeah, but I think it's pretty much the forwards anyway. I think that's pretty much um, where a team's at. So obviously, we as we said, there'll be plenty of plenty of changes um, as well with our side. I think. Well, it's, I mean, there's, we might have lost most people because of the technical issue, uh, the Twitter technical <laughs> issue. Uh, but, uh, but if there are any people out there that want to ask questions or want to jump on or anything like that, jump in. Um, but, Arian, while people are sending those through, mate, are there any other players that you want to – I mean, we've kind of gone through all the lines and stuff now, so it might not be, but any other players you want to kind of talk about? Um, I think we've covered pretty much – Pretty much yeah. all of them. I think we pretty much went through all the ones. Obviously, yeah. it's going to be other players that we might not have necessarily spoken about today that are going to be yeah. that are in the mix. Like if, if you look at the midfield, obviously, I, as I said, I have like a lair there. But like if, you know, if I can afford Laird, obviously, then you've got Brayshaw, Oliver, Jack Steele, Tuke Miller, Zach Merritt, all these guys that are yeah. that are those premium yeah. guys. They're obviously all in the mix, um, and it just it'll just depend on um, how I really select my team and who I want to select. So. But yeah, anyone else that's on yeah, that's on your actually, list? No, Josh Porter just made a comment about Will Phillips, which I actually think is a is a ripper of an idea. So yes, he's another one. Uh, yeah, rookie. Yeah, rookie price. Did think he would? Uh, you'd think he'd definitely play with now. What about what about Dusty? He's probably one we didn't speak about. Um, that's a bit underpriced in the forward line. Is there any interest there, or is with Hopper and Taranto coming in? You just um, I don't know. What do you think? So, well, I mean, his, I'll ask you, right? Do you think he's going to be 95 plus? Do you think he's top top six? I don't think so, no. Uh, and what is he priced at? Uh, priced at 76.5. Yeah, so 76.5, right? So even if he was 90, he'd have to be 20 points under price, right? But he's not that. So what? I mean, okay, he's 10, 10 or 15 points. There's value there, but, you know... I mean, maybe, maybe there's value there. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you think with Timmy T going in there, you know, you put, it'd give him the freedom to play a bit more forward. You know, he's, de- um, he's definitely obviously he's, he's got to be one that's on the watch just, that's on the watch list because obviously he's probably sure. he probably is underpriced. I think he'll go over eighty, but again, that's you need him to be going ninety plus. I think at that I price. Think, yeah, but he's yeah, definitely he's definitely on the watch list. Though. I think I think he's definitely on the but. Will Phillips is is a great. Player. Oh, hundred percent. If if he um, if he's playing, yeah. he's he'll be locked in as probably my M eight. He'll he'll probably be like I'll, yeah. I might even have like a McKenzie and Elijah Hewitt on the bench if I go two rookies, because um, that seems to be what people are doing. They're either going two or three rookies in the midfield at the moment, based on for sort of what I've seen. Yeah. So, but yeah, to be interesting. So that that definitely leaves me with a problem because that means I've got nine players to pick and I've got one hundred and ninety thousand dollars as an average per player. <laughs> which isn't going to work. So, so yeah. So I'm going to have to find some value there. But like yeah. I said, maybe Yo is the player. Yeah. No, definitely, definitely plenty of questions. But uh, the good thing is it's only, it's mm. only January the 2nd. 
So we've, we've I know, got... but I want my team sorted now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I want my team sorted as well. Now. I know. I want. I want Who's the games. Now. I know. I want the games now. Exactly right. But we got definitely plenty of preseason stuff to go over. So that's pretty much it. But obviously, just quickly as well. We obviously the AFL Fantasy Fanatics um, accounts over a hundred followers. So appreciate everyone that's helped us reach the first hundred followers pretty quickly as well. So appreciate everyone following along for that and. Uh, listening and tuning into the space as well, but these these will be uploaded as podcasts on Spotify and Apple, um, so you guys can go listen to those uh, uh, through podcast stuff. If you can't tune in live, uh, obviously we mentioned on last one, but we will be going we're live. We live after every uh, after the final Sunday game, pretty much straight after. It'll be seven thirty p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time uh, when we do that. So I think that I believe that's. It's like 5 p.m. or 5:30. I think it's 5:30 p.m. in the West. I think normally yeah. is when we'll be yeah, live. So two hours. Um, it'll be that'll be what we're doing uh, during the season and doing our reviews and getting obviously um, some of the people involved in the fantasy community will jump on as well and have a chat, pretty much reviewing each week and and whatever. So looking forward to that. Obviously, we're back in the preseason as well, um, chatting more um, fantasy. We don't exactly know when we'll be back. Obviously, we'll probably be back when. Fantasy fully opens. Hopefully, we could be back next week um, if Fantasy opens, but uh, just stay tuned as well to the AFL Fantasy Fanatics account and we'll let you know when we're going live. Make sure you go and give it a follow if you haven't already. Um, and then, Tim, where can uh, uh, the people find you on Twitter? Tim Guest AU. Yep. And uh, my TikTok's blowing up as well. So if you're on TikTok, go and check me out. Tim Guest AU on TikTok. Yeah, no, definitely 100% go do that. I've already done that, Tim. So um, you can tick me off. Cheers, mate. <laughs> it's completely unfantasy related. So you may not want to, want to but uh, but yeah, uh, just for a bit of fun. Anyway. Yeah, no, I'll um, obviously, yeah, make sure you get around that. Um, and then obviously, I'm at Twitter at uh, Bailey uh, Ergang. So make sure you go and follow that as well. I'll be doing online other uh, content as well, but this will be the main place that we'll be doing things each week. So uh, beautiful. Thanks for jumping on again, uh, Tim, and do another week. And we'll be back uh, shortly in go pre season. And we'll chat to everyone in the next one, hopefully without technical difficulties next time. So, um, Yeah. All right. We're out. Catch you soon. All right. Speak soon. Cheers.